Every head bowed, every head bowed. Lord, we bless you and we thank you for this opportunity to stand before your people once again. God, I'm asking you to word my mouth. Give me what to say. Give your people an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Meet the needs of your people, God. Some need you for one thing and some need you for another. But God, don't let our coming together be in vain. Save, heal, strengthen, and deliver. Do it and we'll forever give you the glory. All the honor and the praise belong to you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. All of God's people said, Amen. You may have your seats. We have friendship with Jesus. Fellowship divine. I know y'all didn't heard it. Oh, what blessed sweet communion. Jesus is the friend of mine. Anybody heard that besides me? We have friendship with Jesus. Fellowship divine. Oh, what sweet communion. Jesus is the friend. God bless you. I just want that. I've been, you know, I had to look it up this morning on Google. Make sure I had the word. I had most of the words right. Y'all know me. I start off a song and don't know where to go with it. But I kind of figured that one out this morning. Amen. In the book of Matthew, the 14th chapter. And I'm grateful to God today. I am. That song was right on time. Grateful. I am a grateful young man. God has been good to me. I give him all the glory. I give him all the honor and the praise. For those of you that have been out for extended time, we thank God. I think I see Latoya Saunders back there. Is that, is that her? All right. Somebody give a visitor's card, please. <laughs> so glad to see you. Amen. We have others that I have not seen. I can't call your names. But I thank God for you. And I know you weren't here. You were praying for us. And we thank you for your prayers. In the book of Matthew, the 14th chapter, thank God for traveling mercy. Deacon Cunningham is back in town. God bless you, Deacon. And all of you that have been traveling, we thank God for you. Thank God for my family. Uh, Erica and her family was traveling. God gave them traveling mercy. Michael been on the road just about every weekend. God has been giving him traveling mercy. I think traveling mercy is important, y'all. So many people... And there are so many dangerous people on the road. You could be a wonderful driver. But the other day, me and my wife were together. Somebody just cut in front of me. If I hadn't seen them, I would have had an accident. So don't take anything for granted. I know you're a good driver. You were taught by a man, so I know you're a good driver. But don't be careless. Don't be careless. Matthew, the 14th chapter. Verse number 22. And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitude away. And when he had sent the multitude away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, 
he was there alone. Verse 24, but the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. Don't you try it. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. Verse 28. Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Yo, point of emphasis, when he say come, you don't have to worry about what happened after he say come. If he say come, you got to know everything going to be all right because he said come. Are y'all with me? But when he had saw the wind, bolsterous, he was afraid and began to sink. He cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore did thy doubt? O ye little faith, wherefore? Did that doubt? I want to talk from this subject. Just a few moments. Don't lose focus. Don't lose focus. I have seen in so many areas of life people get distracted from what they were once focused on. And it's a dangerous thing because sometimes it's deliberate. Sometimes the devil do things around you for you to lose focus on Jesus Christ. And, and the bad thing about that, can I, can I just talk to you this morning? The bad thing about that, whatever the devil did, God allowed him to do it. He didn't allow the devil to do it for you to lose focus. So when we talk about losing focus, we're talking about being distracted. Something else for however long it is, has your attention other than what you were focused on. In the sports world, athletes have lost focus and their performance was not the same when they were really focused. Church people, some of them have been focused 
And they just, ooh, they, they all over the place. She over there and he there and they just doing everything. But once they lose focus, you can't hardly get them to come to Sunday school. They don't want to come to Bible study. They don't want to do nothing because they allow something to distract them from what they were focused on. First Timothy 4 and 1 says some people giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. You can't hypnotize me if I'm not focused on what you're doing. So those that have gotten off track, they lost focus. Paul said, you did run well. But who did hinder you that you will not obey the truth? In the last days, perilous times shall come. Perilous times are already here. I'm reading every day pretty much about the end time and things that prophesied to happen. And it seems like as they happen, man gets worse. Seems like the more we see the signs of Jesus coming back, instead of running to him, people are running away from him because they have lost focus. That was a politician. I don't know his name. I'm glad I don't know his name. But he's a Republican. And he said that what happened on January the 6th at the Capitol was no more than another tourist attraction. Touring, people just touring the White House. Now, <laughs> it, <laughs> You don't get killed doing a tour. Your life is not in danger when you're just touring. And you all know that that doesn't make any sense, but he has put his focus on somebody that's focus is not on the right thing. Y'all listen to this. My daddy said something 50 years ago, maybe. He said Atlanta is a hotbed for foolishness that you can come to Atlanta and start a church call it the church of the bumblebee. Somebody going to join that church. Bumblebees need to be, they need to be kept. They, they need to be looked at. In other words, there are some doctrine, the Bible talked about doctrines of devils. There are actually people that actually worship the devil. I can't, I can't remember the name. I can y'all help me? But the young man that bought the tennis shoes. What's the name? Little what? Uh-huh. Bought the tennis shoes and got sick, 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 and all kind of evil stuff on the shoes. And Nike didn't know that what he was going to do. So they, they canceled it. They, they, they tried to get them all back because there are some people... That mind is gone. And let me tell you something else my daddy said. When you see a person downtown and they're trying to count the bricks on a 50 story building, chances are they 
had a chance to serve God. But because they wouldn't acknowledge God, they lost their mind. You imagine downtown trying to count the brick on a 50-story building, something wrong with your mind. I've seen people on the streets. I've seen them eating out of, eating out of trash cans. We saw people laying on the sidewalk the other day, and people got different situations, but some of them are in those situations because they refuse to live by the rules and regulations where they were. Some of them might be on hard time, I understand that. But I just believe if you keep loving God, God will supply your every need. Oh God, let me, let me hurry up here. Don't lose focus. I'm trying to get you all to see that the government does not have your best interest in mind. Trying to get you to see that the CDC does not have your best interest in mind. Trying to get you to see that it's reported that the highest paid, paid person in government is Dr. Fusi. That's the name, Fusi? Fusi, whatever. One of them. That's him. Highest paid man in government, make more than the president, all the senators. And some of these people depended on the situation. They talk out of both sides of their mouths. Some of them will say one thing one day and the next day they say something different. I'm going to throw this out. It's not a part of my message, but I just feel like I need to say it. For the last couple of years, I've been taking Transfer Factor Plus. Some of you all might have heard of it. Transfer Factor Plus is the number one immune system builder in the world. It's documented. When the White House called for life and asked him about Transfer Factor, and they gave him the fact, they found out that you didn't have to get a subscription for it, and they couldn't make no money on it, so they left it alone. Some of y'all will get it later. But it's been documented there are people that had the virus, put them on, put them, right, put them on transfer factor. A few days later, the virus was gone. But people are not talking about that because that's not what you they want you to hear. But I'm trying to tell you, whatever you do, don't lose focus. Don't care how bad the world gets. God is still in charge. And sometimes... We, we look at situation and we there. oh my God, that's something else. God already knew before you did. Nothing happened that surprises him. He already know. He's all knowing. But don't lose focus. I'm getting ready to close. But in this message, just like us, when we get in a crisis, sometimes we don't remember what God already told us before we got in the crisis. 
Peter said, Lord, if that's you, bid me to come. Come. That's all, that's all they needed. He didn't tell him, come. And when you come, then the storm is coming. He didn't tell him all that. He just said, come. How many know that God orders your steps? But he don't tell you all of them before you step. That's why we walk by faith and not by sight. First point I want to make, your circumstances does not change the ability of God. Well, I was doing so and so, but this came up. It does, it does not change what God is able to do. Well, I'm about a house, but I think I don't have my down payment money. If God told you the house is yours, some kind of way is going to work out. Now, if Peter had to do this over again, he probably would have had a chance to think about it. But when Jesus said, come, oh, Jesus said, he doing it. I see him. He told me to come. But guess what? The wind became bolstered. In other words, the circumstances changes. But the circumstances don't change come. Y'all gonna get it in a minute. You, I, I know you got some circumstances, but if God said you got the victory, you better go ahead and shout the victory. You better go ahead and testify because he knew the circumstances before he told you you had the victory. Your circumstances don't change God's ability, neither his plan. Abraham, I want you to go and sacrifice your only son. He didn't tell Abraham everything that was going to happen along the way. But God already had a plan. And can I, can I make an announcement? When you're going through, the test is not for God. The test is for you. He's able to do anything. There's nothing too hard for God. So the test is not to see if God can do it. The test is can you trust him all the way through all the different changes and circumstances. I was talking to a preacher the other day. I said, man, it's crazy. Preacher go out there with $160, five members. Tell me he's going to buy a church for $300,000. I said, that don't make no sense. He said, sure don't. I said, but I did it. Can, can, can I tell y'all something? When God tells you to do something, you don't be looking at the circumstances and what you have and what you don't have. Here I am making an offer on a $300,000 shirt with $160 in the bank. And the preacher said, how you going to pay for it? I, I don't know, but God going to do it. When the time ran out and went by his house on the lake, he said, I, I got to sell it to somebody else because you don't have no money. He said, if you want me to extend it, you got to give me $20,000 tonight. I said, no problem. I got 160 of it already. 
I'm saying up in here. Here I am writing a check for $20,000 with $160 in the bank. Anybody know anything about a silent prayer where you ain't saying nothing, but you're talking to God anyhow? I'm writing the check. Lord, if this is my building, you're going to have to make this check good. Didn't nobody hear, but God heard it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm in the wrong church. But I want you to know God made a way because God's plan does not change because of my circumstances. All right, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm. Well, well, that sounds good, but you to tell the whole story. Okay, let me tell y'all a little bit more. Some of you got mentors, spiritual parents, or whatever. When God speaks to you and don't speak to them, sometimes they're not going to give you the right advice. Because God hadn't not said anything to them. When God told me to find the church building, my mentor, the people that told me God can do anything, they told me, boy, you can't do no church. Get you a tent. Get your house. Knock the wall down. Get your stove front. I said, God showed me a church. I didn't lose focus based on what they said. Because they said don't override what he said. So when I kept riding around Decatur and drove up to 1522 Thomas Road and called the pastor, told him where I was, so I'm looking for a church in Decatur. He said, well, how did you know our church was for sale? We don't have a for sale sign up. I said, I didn't know. He said, we just voted the other night to sell it. Do anybody know when God ordered your steps? My God, I, 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 I got to get back to my message. But, but anyhow, God did it because I stayed focused. And guess what, y'all? I, I, I don't want to say this, but I'm going to say it because I'm human. When I look back at it, I was crazy. I'm talking about some crazy faith. Anybody ever been through some things and you look back and say, oh my God, how in the world did I go through that? Because God brought you through it because he's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can ask or think according to the power. Don't lose focus. My second point, I've already said, the test is not for God. The test is for us. I'm closing. Losing focus hinders you from achieving what you once was focused on. Y'all get that? When you lose focus, what could have been done in five days might take 30. The children of Israel, God told them, go spout the land that I am going to give 
you. They went over, 12 spies went over. Joshua and Caleb came back and said, Lord, we are able to, 10 of them said, no, those folks are too big for us. It takes two people to carry an apple. Now, I want y'all to think about two people carrying an apple. I think I would have been with the 10. I, uh-uh. That, I, 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 don't, I don't know. That would have been hard to see two people carrying one banana. I, I just, that would have been hard, y'all. I don't care what you say. That would have been hard. But two of them said, Joshua and Caleb said, we are well able. In other words, Lord, you told us we don't have to fight. All we got to do is possess it. So it doesn't matter how big the enemy is if we don't have to fight. If he tell you to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, it doesn't matter how big the enemy is. The battle is not yours. The battle belongs to the Lord. So, what could have been a few weeks, they had to wander in the wilderness. How many? 40 years. Why? Because they lost focus. They lost focus because they looked at the size of the enemy and didn't even realize they didn't even have to fight them. Don't, I'm closing. Don't lose focus. And this is my last point. Spiritually and naturally speaking. When you lose focus, y'all listen to the young people, everybody. Sometimes you can regain it and sometimes it's too late. Well, give me an example. Okay, I'm going to give an example. You ride down the street and you're on your phone. Are you putting your new eyelashes on? Are you putting your new teeth in your mouth? And you lose focus on what you're doing, you can run to the back of another car. It happens all the time. In the church, you lose focus. You can go back in the world and sometimes not make it back. Don't lose focus. In the time that we're living in now, I believe, according to the word, only the strong will survive. How long you've been in the building don't mean you're going to make it. Just because you got an anointing and you got a five or six spiritual gifts, if you lose your focus, some people have lost their focus, and instead of going after souls, they're going after money. Yeah, y'all, y'all don't know anything about that. There are some people that will call, the person called to preach up, told if you let me come, I guarantee you, We'll raise so much money, and if we don't, you don't owe me nothing. He didn't guarantee him nothing about no anointing or what, how people are going to get healed, saved, or blessed. All he knew, he had the ability to raise money. When you lose your focus, 
your priorities are out of order. You come to church because you just bought a new outfit. You didn't come last week because we had already seen that one. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that's happening now, but that that used to take place. Did y'all know that? Y'all hear some of these comedians how they talk about people that coming late. They come late for a reason. They want people to see them walk down the aisle. But when you are focused, you're coming because you want something from God. When you are focused, you yeah yeah. There's a story. I heard this story. This lady came to the preacher. Say, Pastor, this is my last Sunday. He said, well, what happened? What happened? He said, well, Pastor, when you be preaching, some people be chewing gum. Some be texting. Some be doing all kind of stuff. It's just too many distractions. He said, well, i tell you what I want you to do. He said, let's take this glass and then walk around the church and don't spill nothing. She said, oh, I can do that. She went all the way around the church and came back and handed him the glass. He said, you didn't spill nothing? She said, no. He said, why? But then she realized she was focused. If you focus on the word of God, some of the stuff that distract you won't distract you. Oh, y'all, y'all better listen to me. Everybody come to church. Don't come for the same reason. Everybody sitting up in here don't have the anointing of the Holy Ghost. And if you do, you're surprising me. But in the point I'm trying to make, you need to be focused. Well, I was going, but I found out the pastor wasn't no good. That's no reason for you to go to hell because the pastor ain't no good. Work out your own soul salvation through fear and trembling. Everybody standing on your feet. Don't lose your focus. Some folk